Booyah, and it's time for the Game Sports Podcast. It is your host, David McKaig Jr. This is the Game Sports Podcast powered by 91N. That's 91 Network. You can check out 91N on their YouTube channel. Just head on over to YouTube, search 91 Network, and you'll have access to the 91N page where there's a variety of content in terms of podcasts and entertainment. Make sure you hit subscribe on that platform to be a part of the community for 91N and to make sure you are tuned in to all the latest uploads from the content provided on 91N. And of course, the Game Sports Podcast, the only video content is on the 91N platform. They must remind you as well that you can email 91NetworkSSM at gmail.com if you're currently doing a podcast and would like to be a part of the community and have it aired on the platform. You may send an email to that email to get in touch with the representatives of 91N. And yes, that does include myself. Or if you're interested in doing a podcast, you can reach out to 91N. Again, that's 91NetworkSSM at gmail.com and they can help you and consult you on how you can begin your path with your podcast. Now, as I mentioned, I'm David McCaig. I won't be solo for the entirety of this show. I will have Alex Parr joining me in the second segment of the show. But to give you tonight's agenda, it will be just me for the opening few topics that will feature about the Toronto Raptors, as well as a little, I guess you'd say a surprise topic. I'm not going to talk about it just yet. I kind of want to tease it and allow you to wait a little bit till I talk about it. But in that second segment, Alex and myself, uh, whom we're also expecting Dane to join us, but unfortunately due to the University of Michigan game and Washington game, the NCAA championship this evening, uh, he will not be joining us as his focus is going to be on that and getting prepped for that game. Uh, we will give that a little bit of love here in this opening, of course, but we will be talking about the NCAA championship on Wednesday. So that's why it's just myself and Alex for this segment. But in the second segment, when Alex joins, we're going to talk about the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds. There'll be a little bit of a local touch where, of course, as Everybody knows if you follow the Game Sports Podcast, if you're new, just to remind you the Game Sports Podcast is located in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. So we do like to give, of course, local love. Uh, of course, we talk regional and all national sports, but we've got to make sure that we talk about our local teams that we cheer on here in Sault Ste. Marie. And that does feature uh, the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds. So myself and Alex will get into that as they made some two big trades as to, well, as of yesterday and of today. Today, as of this recording, is January the 8th. 2024 and this is a pre-recorded segment as well as a commercial free show as well but in that second segment we'll talk about the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds we'll also be talking about the World Juniors a little bit of a reaction there for myself and Alex it's uh, been since well Canada wasn't eliminated last time we talked about it so we're going to be talking about Canada and of course the USA winning the gold medal and we're also going to try to get some other topics in the world of hockey that we can hope to get to and we will be considering that our top shelf segment on tonight's episode. There's a lot that we're going to get into there and to kind of tease some topics. Well, of course, William Nylander is going to be on that. Scotiabank Arena is going to be on that topic as well. And if we get into some of the new segments that we want to introduce, we will do that as well. And to conclude the show will be about the WWE. Yes, back-to-back weeks, if not back-to-back-to-back weeks that we're talking about the WWE. How exciting. Now, let's get into this first segment. And I want to start first by going to the Toronto Raptors. Now, last week I talked about how the Raptors made a trade that involved, of course, with the Knicks, which ain't OG, and they got RJ and they got quickly. And, you know, then there's rumors with Pascal Siakam. You could check out our TikTok and Instagram again. That's the at the Game Sports podcast where you can see those shorts. Uh, so, just in case you're not getting enough of us with all of our uploads throughout the week, you could check out those pages. But Pascal Siakam, we talked about 
where he may be going. And my rumors were that I've resourced and reached out to people that are in the Toronto media, uh, as well as in the basketball world, but also just checking out different outlets as well, kind of doing my feelers, but reaching out to my reliable sources. The the front runners for Pascal Siakam featured, of course, the Sacramento Kings, the Golden State Warriors, just name a couple. And I had predictions about him going to the Sacramento Kings. But this trade with the Knicks, yes, I told the Knicks fans to pull the reins back because it was going to be it, it was a good basketball trade, and it was truly. But as I'm talking today, RJ's is coming off a very, very stellar performance in Golden State, and of course, uh, quickly has done very well and has been loved by the Raptors fans. Quickly, catch my pun there. But yes, it does seem like the Raptors may have fleezed a little bit uh, towards the Knicks there. But you got to say that that trade is going to work out both ways for both teams. So check out that episode where I gave my reaction on that. So that isn't about that, though. This is not about that discussion about the trades uh, between the Raptors and the rumors. This is actually about something completely separate. I saw an interaction on social media that I really enjoyed. Okay. And I actually put myself a part of it on my own personal account on social media. I normally don't do that. I like to either just read it, you know, share it amongst our group with the Game Sports podcast team or even the 91N team, as well as, you know, friends and just have those conversations, not have my name featured on anything. But on this interaction, I had to, and I kept it very simple. The interaction that started was that <laughs> vote Vince Carter how the Toronto Raptors have not yet retired Vince Carter's number. And should they retire Vince Carter's number? And whose number should they retire first? There was, of course, Vince Carter. There was Kyle Lowry. There was Kawhi Leonard. Uh, there's DeMar DeRozan. And just the list goes on about names and numbers. And they should retire. And my response was quite easy. Do you retire Vince Carter's number? Yes. Very simple. When do you retire his number? Yesterday is when you retire his number. But obviously, it doesn't seem like that's going to be a thing this year. But I do hope the Raptors do retire Vince Carter's number. His number should be the first number in that Raptors at Scotiabank Arena for the Toronto Raptors for multiple reasons. Vince Carter put that basketball on the map for the city of Toronto within the NBA. He was obviously been a part of he's a part of that history in Toronto, as well as he is somebody who has been a staple to a lot of young Raptors fans at that point. I started cheering for basketball because I was a Vince Carter fan. I was younger, but what got me into basketball was Vince Carter. And, of course, being in the city of Toronto. Uh, of course, being late expansion in the NBA, he was somebody that the Raptors built around. And you know what? Maybe the success did not follow there in Toronto, but Vince Sanity is a reason for the success growth in Toronto and the game of basketball in Canada, in my honest opinion. Maybe his leaving wasn't as expected, but nonetheless, it is still Vince Carter. you got to retire his number. He's got to be the first person that you retire. And if you ask anyone who knew me when I was a kid, when I was playing in something called the Little NBA here in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, I used to wear, if it wasn't my team's jerseys, when we had practices or just different exhibition games, I used to wear number 15 Toronto Raptors basketball jersey. And it was the old purple and black. Fantastic. Vince's number needs to be put in the Raptors of Scotiabank Arena. Without question, he's got to be the first that goes up there. I'm not going to pull up stats. I'm not going to discuss stats. I'm not going to talk even ticket sales stats, not even get into that much. Just common sense. Vince Sanity needs to be put in the Raptors. End of story. Number two, Kyle Lowry. When Kyle Lowry retires officially and assigns his one-day contract with the Toronto Raptors to finish his NBA career technically, when that day happens, 
that one-day contract, they should be essentially putting his number in the Raptors the next night. Kyle Lowry was a definition of being loyal to that Raptors organization. And of course, he helped lead a championship for the first time to the Toronto Raptors in 2019. Yes, Kawhi Leonard was a big part of that. DeMar DeRozan was a part of that growth as well. So is he arguably somebody you would put on? Why not? He was there long-term. Maybe he is somebody down the road. But we're only talking about Vince Sanity and, of course, Kyle Lowry here. Kyle Lowry's name, as soon as he signs that one-day contract, you put his name up in the rafters. And, heck, you should be having a statue. Well, pretty much do. But a full raptor statue of that championship team outside of Scotiabank Arena. Uh, kind of like a appreciation to Lowry, maybe add Vince Carter in that statue. Heck, put Kawhi Leonard and Masai Ujiri in that as well. With Give love to that championship team. That's the first championship franchise history. That is history there. And if you would have told me since I was a kid that I would have saw the Raptors win a championship before I saw the Jays and Leafs, I probably would have told you you were crazy. But again, it happened, and they deserve it. They were a championship team. They battled. They ran into a hot LeBron James all the time in those 10s. You can remember Lowry, DeRozan, but Kyle Lowry was loyalty. We're talking numbers and retirements in the stands. Vince Sanity, Kyle Lowry, book it, up in the stands. Vince Carter first, Kyle Lowry second. And it should be Vince first, just by optics perspective. Opening night next year at Scotiabank Arena when they introduce the rosters. Let's get Vince Carter out there. Let's get that number retired. And then as soon as Kyle Lowry does that one-day contract, as long as it's after Vince's number is in the stands, Kyle's name better be up there as well. End of story. Let me know what you think below on that discussion. Stats aside, sure, that helps. I did bring up stats there, but points per game and et cetera. But I was talking legacy, optics, and who really helped pivot the world of basketball for Canadian basketball, in particular Toronto, NBA, either way, Vince Carter, Kyle Lowry. Those are the two players that I think of for the Raptors, even outside of both DeRozan and, of course, Kawhi Leonard in that big shot against the, uh, against the Philadelphia 76ers. Second topic, before I get into my next point, as, as Alex Parr waits in the winds uh, for the uh, second segment for us to d- discuss, and I was going to bring this up when Alex was on the show, but I kind of wanted to take the lead on this. I wanted to be selfish, and I wanted to talk about this myself. You know, there, there, when, I, when I look online, before I get into the topic, when I look online, there's a lot, obviously a lot of comments on social media um, that is very, very harmful, and this has nothing to do with the game sports podcast, just to kind of say that right off the hop, but this world hasn't changed. Right. And this is such a, it's a, it's a definitely a very uh, challenging topic to get into because it's, I can't believe that I even have to get into this on my show or that I feel like I have to get into it because it's 2024. Okay. It's not 1800s. It's not the 1910s, whatever day you want to go back to when, when optics were completely obscured and, and absurd and just not appropriate at all, okay? In the world of broadcasting today, especially hockey, you know, there's fans that are loyal. There's fans that are passionate. There are fans that have their sense of opinion. And I'm going to say that everyone is entitled to their own opinion. Sure, it's, it's a free world. It is. You can have your view in any which way that you want, okay? Now, people are obviously going to have differences of opinion. People are going to have a righteous opinion. So people may have an opinion that definitely people don't agree with. But this is one topic that I wish this world just completely changed because it's so, so, so old-fashioned and people 
are just so stuck in their ways with it that it absolutely bothers me. Okay. And, uh, and I'm going to name something to you. I'm going to list something to you and I'm going to see if you can answer it before I'm not going to pause the video. I'm not going to pause anything. I want to see if you can actually get it. So after I say it, when I ask you the question, you'll know when I ask you the question, I want you to pause the video or pause the, the broadcast if you're, if you're able to. And I want you to maybe if you're with somebody or with yourself, maybe guess who I'm talking about here. Okay. So I want you to name me somebody. That's this game. It's someone who's a current broadcaster. They went and played at Harvard University. They assisted on the game-winning goal to lead Canada, win a gold medal, and is a three-time gold medalist, a one-time silver medalist at the Olympics on the Olympic stage, with also being a five-time Canadian gold medalist and three-time silver medalist on the double IHS stage. Pretty impressive resume, right? Can you name me that individual that I just mentioned? And obviously, it is a hockey player. Maybe you paused. Maybe you didn't. If you didn't, I'll give you the name. I'm going to say it right now because I don't have any dead air in my content, of course. That person would be Jennifer Botterill. Now, that is a pretty darn stacked resume. And I just named some accolades that she had had where she played you know, some Olympic success, double IHF success. I didn't even get into any of the points that she had, the the other effects that she's had, and now being the effects on the game as a woman. She is somebody that I would dream to have on this show and just be able to pick her mind because of her experiences. And being on the panel through Sportsnet and Hockey Night in Canada, she does a tremendous job. Herself and many other women that I don't need to name are making their impact in the world of broadcasting have been for a while. And there's, there's a lot of presence with female broadcasting and I love it. Jennifer Botterill, I can just tell by the way that she talks that she's way more intelligent than a lot of male former hockey players, a lot of current hockey players and current managers. She is just as smart as the the smartest. She is somebody who is definitely a lot of young females should look up to, but anyone should look up to. And when she had that argument recently with Jamal Mayers, um, and I won't get into that. If you need to check out that, not argument. It wasn't an argument, but it was a back and forth banter per se on television about body contact, et cetera. Um, the Jennifer Botterill shared her points. And as Jamal Mayers shared his points, there was comments about those points that Jennifer Botterill made that were not appropriate towards women that were saying that Jennifer Botterill, why is she on there? What does she know? Questioning gender in terms of the sport. Look, it's time to grow up. It's time to smarten up. It's time to wake up, smell the coffee, okay? Maybe get a little slap across the face if you need it. I don't know. But herself or anybody else who's on a panel that's that's female on the panel or whoever is on that panel – are experts in the sports, one. But number two, she has more knowledge than a lot of people have. And she has more knowledge in one finger than a lot of people do uh, that throughout their entirety of their body. All the armchair GMs out there, all the individuals out there that like to comment and hide behind a screen when they like to comment, those comments are awful. They're stupid. You may not like what I'm saying. Heck, you. It may, I don't care if it cancels me. I really, I really don't understand why this is the way of people's views. Jennifer Botterill and 
all women involved in currently in the in the sport are well knowledge and i hope there's more coming and they're just as knowledge as men is but the overall complaint that i'm using here on the floor is that those comments towards jen bottle you you gotta gotta give your head a shake enough's enough enough's enough with the the judging the sexist everything needs to stop and i know i'm a podcast host that's in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. I know maybe my voice matters, maybe it doesn't, but that's where it starts. If you think you can make a change and you can say something, speak your mind, you do so. Now, if you don't agree with me, I don't agree with you. Your way is wrong, in my opinion. Obviously, you can think your way and that's that's your personality. But if you think that it's right to to hide behind a screen and chirp somebody because of their gender in the world of sport, I don't, I don't even want to meet you. Don't even want to meet you. Why can't women debate or state their opinion on a sports panel without being told that she's the worst and without being known as emotional or too over the top? When men argue, they're just stating their opinion and they're obviously right. That's what people think. And that's not the way of thinking. Why can't women state their, their opinions just as much as men? Comment what you believe. And like I said, keep it appropriate because that's the only way that it should be. As I said, Jen is more qualified than many legends in the game. That's all. In summary, Jen Botterill, I'm a supporter. Friends of mine, the Game Sports Podcast, we are supporters of what you're doing. Uh, we love seeing the, the growth of women in hockey. It should have been a long time ago. It should have been the Bears should have been broke long, 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 long ago. And I hope that when you read those comments, you just laugh it off because they're obnoxious, they're inappropriate, they're not warranted, and there's no place of that. doesn't matter if you're a fan, a player. doesn't matter if you feel like you're an armchair GM or you are somebody who can hide behind a screen. If that makes you feel better, I feel sorry for you. But Jen Botter, I hope you got that thick skin. I'm sure you do. Uh, but I want you to know that despite whatever it means, myself, the Game Sports Podcast, many others, I know we support you and we love seeing you on the panel. And friend of the show, friend of mine now that I like to call him Kelly Rudy, uh, we talked highly about you as well on our show. Uh, everyone I've connected with that knows you on the show, know what you got. Ignore that bullshit from them because it's not true. And as I said, anyone, women, men, yes, they can go on there and state their opinion, but when did it become a problem or when and why can't women state or debate their opinion? But when a guy does it, it's right, but a girl's always wrong. That's ludicrous. Say that to yourself. It's stupid. I won't continue on with that topic any further. I want to keep that very simple and as short as I could, which wasn't as short as I want it to be. We went 20 minutes here in the opening segment when I planned for 15, but that's normal for the Game Sports Podcast. Um, the only thing that I will mention uh, further for the Game Sports Podcast 
Uh, if you're on on the audio platform, Spotify and Apple, don't hesitate to hit like and subscribe on those. I, we obviously get a, a good listening base, but there's a fair amount of you who listen and don't uh, either give us reviews or subscribe. So make sure you do that, just like you're going to do for 91N, hopefully. But leave your comment below at this first segment, what you thought about the numbers that should retire with the Toronto Raptors, Vince Carter, Kyle Lowry, etc. And also... Leave your comments about the gen bottle and of how that maybe have affected you uh, in terms of your opinion on it. It's time to get out of these old ways and think of the future, which is the right way. I'm going to take a quick breather, have a little sip of water. And when I come back, Alex Parr is going to join me. We're going to get into a lot more things. Hockey, as I mentioned, a little bit of WWE action for about 20, 25 minutes area here on the game before we wrap up the show, because yours truly is also going to be watching that NCAA national championship game. Again, it's the Game Sports Podcast. We are powered by 91N. That's 91 Network website coming soon. And the announcement that was back in September about MC events will also be on that website as well. Expect that to drop within the next 30 to 60 day range. Right back. Don't go anywhere. And welcome back to the Game Sports Podcast. Dave McKay continuing to host you this evening on the Game Sports Podcast. Again, powered by 91N. That's 91 Network. I am now joined as he was patiently waiting in the winds, as I mentioned, as I had my first segment that went a little bit longer than expected. The one and only Alex Parr, my friend Alex. How's it going? Nine minutes late for you is like five minutes early for everybody That's else. That's actually Good the job, exact Dave. time I was I was over for. I pretty much mentioned that in the segment. But we learned one thing. We're not going to mention what our yeah. time is in our pre-recorded segments because this makes us look like fools because <laughs> we never <laughs> – yeah, well, a lot. You had me and Dane on. You said fifteen minutes, and like you're like, oh yeah, we'll see how we are for time. Twenty five minutes in. Yeah. yeah, you know what? Honestly, it, it, time management is a strong suit of mine. I think, <laughs> except except when it comes to maybe this recording this podcast. But we have a second segment that is pretty jam packed. Pretty jam packed. We we're gonna talk about the Sioux Greyhounds. They made obviously some some moves these past couple days and there's obviously been a lot of interaction on the social media page for the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds and we're going to get into that uh, as well as the World Juniors reaction we we were hoping that Dane was going to be here for this but we're going to take the, the reins for this and then we're going to talk about of course a big contract extension that came uh, came to today of course if you're a Toronto Maple Leaf fan you know what I'm talking about plus we are going to talk about the Scotiabank Arena but in between that even we're going to mention some segments that we're going to be adding within the segments for next week and then we're going to talk about something else. And I'm not going to say what that is because I want it to be the perfect segue uh, into that final topic that uh, actually, well, Parr had the idea of how to segue it. I'm just going to the dumb. You guys want to stick around for this. This might be the dumbest thing that he's ever conjured up in his brain. Uh, it's it's a good one. I, I, I think it's a great thing. But you know what? I think my ideas are just always outlandish, but it's that's the whole point. Now... <laughs> Outlandish is correct, for sure. Okay, now you almost want to make me want to say it. You almost make me want to say it. Now, what? No, no, no. no. Let, let the people wait around, listen listen to the other good stuff, and then that'll, like that'll that. cap it. As I pull up, I want to make sure that I, as people, if you saw me on video, you're probably going to see me read. I want to make sure that I get every detail done and correctly with these, uh, with these trades that were done here in the Ontario Hockey League. There's been some movement. Obviously, Saginaw was quite aggressive today. Uh, they acquired Donovan for, let's just say, not just one, not just two, not just three, not just four, but many, many, many draft picks. But we're going to be talking about the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds with this trade. I'm going to be talking about one in particular. 
has come across the outlets. Uh, we received email here on the Game Sports Podcast from the one and only Jerry Lidscombe Jr. And, and of course, it was uploaded on the Sioux Greyhounds fan page uh, right away by by a known source and created uh, creator of that page, Peter Florio, uh, who I know does not mind if I mention his name on this. So, of course, the news is coming hot and heavy here at Sault Ste. Marie. But getting to that, the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds have traded for forward Gavin Hayes, who paid for the Flint Firebirds for a third a fifth, a fourth, and a second, not naming the years entirely there, but 2025, 26, and 27s were involved in that. Alex uh, Kotsov and, of course, Connor Klattenberg uh, going the other way to Flint. And obviously the reaction was quite, let's say, varied on this, Alex. And the, the big reason why uh, is because of the what has gone out. Uh, uh, Kotsov was a was a, someone who was coveted here, and Klattenberg, somebody who can, was a good two-way player. But Gavin Hayes is coming over from Flint, and obviously – this is somebody who only had two assists at the World Junior Championships uh, for Team USA, the gold medal team, USA, mind you. Now, mind you, the U.S. team was very, very stacked, okay? And as I say this next point, I'll make sure I mention that he didn't even really play a shift in the final game, in the gold medal game, essentially. he That's the words that was used. He essentially didn't play a shift. But Gavin Hayes, even though if people don't think he's going to make – uh, didn't make that big of an impact on the world juniors there. He definitely, uh, definitely did make a mark on a couple goals and he was still a part of the team that won the gold medal. Okay. So Gavin Hayes going over the Susamory Greyhounds for multiple picks and two forwards. And Alex, I think this is truly a good trade for the Greyhounds. They're trying to, to keep that competitiveness, the top three in the rankings. And this helps you, especially someone who was drafted into the national hockey league uh, and who's had a pretty good season so far. I don't, I don't know if it's widely known that the Greyhounds were going to be as good as they are this year. It came as a surprise to me. And when you have a team that, I don't know if it's outperforming other people's expectations, but they'll perform mine. But either way, you got to go out there and you got to add and reward that locker room. And the best way to do that is to bring in a guy who's skilled, regardless what he did in the World Juniors. It doesn't matter. He was on the winning team and in the locker room of a culture that knows how to win. And even if he comes into this locker room and he stinks it up. At least he's going to know what the culture is going to need to be to win. And I think if you're going to add any sort of piece, that is not a bad place to start. No. And obviously the name that people were thinking about was Beck and Monk's other names to get. And the the look, sorry, Alex, you had that. It, Beck didn't want to go to the Greyhounds. People kind of have to. Get over that, too. He wanted he picked this spot and he went there. And that's just what it is. People are now saying that, oh, well, Saginaw didn't have to give up a whole lot for him. Well, yeah, because that's where he wanted to go. So they, their hands were tied. Yeah. And, that, and that's the thing, right? The the he was traded actually just an hour ago of this recording. OK, it's 6 5 p.m. Mm-hmm. And as released by Sportsnet, uh, as well as TSN and the Peterborough Examiner and Habsworld.net. If you wherever you get your source, uh, Beck was traded to Saginaw, and Saginaw has just been active to say the least. And they're a good team. They got Michael Misa on that team, who is the next franchise player to come out of the draft when he gets drafted. It won't be well. It's obviously not this year, okay? But someone that uh, is in a winning culture at a young age, and he has a big part of that, of course. And they're the hosts for the Memorial Cup, okay? And they have a good team. They're one of the top teams in the Ontario Hockey League, and there's a reason for that. And 
Saginaw has been very patient and trying to build this team and looking towards the future so they can afford to get rid of the future a little bit. And they're doing it right, Par. They're they're hosting the Memorial Cup. Or, uh, yeah, sorry, they're hosting. And they have the team that's going to mm-hmm. be able to do it. And Owen Beck is a great ad. Donovan, great ad. And again, Beck knew where he wanted to go. And it did take a little bit of time, but it happened. And Saginaw's not being too shy on making some of these moves. Why would you be? You had a free spot in the Memorial Cup. I think I'd probably take a couple shots at it too. 100%. Now, the Greyhounds also made an additional move. Uh, they were It was a good veteran OA, uh, over, over, overage trade uh, that uh, Serzati, uh, sorry if I butcher any last names, uh, but he was traded over to Barry along with a second, a fourth, and a third round pick uh, for Jacob Fresca. Uh, he, and also an eighth coming the other way. He was the alternate captain over there in Barry. And it's there's been a lot of a lot of that leadership quality uh, that's been brought forward. Uh, and of course uh, the, he's in his fourth year uh, where he's played 166 games. He has 106 points in those games. Uh, and honestly, he's six, five, he's 216 pounds. That's a big body. Someone who can lead someone oh. who is a great ad for that Greyhounds team. It's going to add a lot of that, a little feistiness is going to be able to get in those corners quite easily in the Ontario Hockey League and make a make make definitely make a mark. Uh, and move by the Hounds that was a good hockey move, despite having to give up a couple future picks. Uh, it was definitely needed to help really balance uh, that out that locker room even further. And I think these are two great moves by the Greyhounds that are that are wins. Par they're they're wins. You're getting a star player who saw what what it takes to win at the world junior, despite how much he played or not. And you get someone who's an absolute mammoth in the locker room as well. And who can affect both sides of the ice, but somebody who's just going to be that guy who can be impactful in the playoffs where you need it. Somebody who can be that third, second line guy. I see him maybe playing around that second, third line role. I know Greyhound fans see it a little bit different, but it would a great ad that was by getting a big body like that for the room. They're just not the flashy names that the fans were kind of clamoring on and grabbing on to these rumors that maybe Beck was going to come to the soon. It almost seems like the fans have kind of thought Beck or fail. And now that they don't have them, they're just really not happy with anything. But maybe I'm wrong. And maybe there's a couple of people watching this clip right now or listening to this podcast or watching the video that have other things to say on whether I'm wrong or whether I'm right. But I think, like you say, these are two great moves, and I just hope that somebody can, you know, maybe inform me a little bit, maybe inform the both of us a little bit better in the comments down below. Yeah, why not get interact? Tell us. Tell us how you feel. Tell us how you feel. We love that. We love the little back-and-forth banter. Now, other topic we're going to dive into is the World Juniors. Great segue. Par, we don't have to dive into this too much. It is a little bit of older news, per se, but still, they're still being talked about with the Canadian team not achieving what people say they expected. But let me say right now, I, I'm one who predicted the U.S. would get first, Sweden second, Canada third. That was my prediction. Now I'm two-thirds of the way there, and I will have no shyness at all to toot my own horn with that. But I was wrong about third. And they lost to Czechia, who was obviously somebody that we looked at, a team that we looked at coming in that was going to be good Finland. Canada lost this tournament and they wouldn't have beat the States. They wouldn't have even beat Sweden. I don't think 
when I when we were talking about Canada before the tournament, I had higher expectations. You know, you bring in Portois, you have Macklin Celebrini. When I watched them play par, it wasn't the team that I expected that that I expected would be on the ice. They were not good enough to proceed further in that tournament, and they ended up where they should have ended up. End of story. I don't think that I could have been happier that this was the year that Canada decided to ice the stinkiest garbage garbage filled team that they did because I was tired of being at work and these games were on TV and I couldn't watch shit and it pissed me off, especially one of the dumbest decisions I think the schedulers have made is Canada usually gets like a pretty good New Year's Eve game. You know, sometimes they get a little like eh, a little bit of an if one Germany. We played Sweden on New Year's Eve. I could have watched it. I'm still salty about it. Sure, they lost, but like that's 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 the game, yeah. you know. I was growing up. I was watching Canada USA on New Year's Eve. Always a good game. Russia sometimes. Oh my goodness, what what classics! But no, we'll give Canada Germany instead and play the host on the weekday. So I can't freaking watch any of it. Garbage. I was so happy that they got eliminated early because I finally didn't feel like I was missing out on anything. Uh, and also people that are just attacking the players, um, especially the Leafs prospects, grow up. They're kids. Grow up. Grow up. People, some of the players have had to like deactivate and like private their Wild. Instagram page and stuff. Um, who did it go off of bonk, right? It went off of yeah. bonk in front. He he had to private his Instagram because people were coming at him. That was such a fluke bullshit play. Like that could have happened to anybody on that team. If it would have happened to Celebrini, are you gonna go after him? You actually, you low lifes probably are gonna do that. Um, but yeah, Canada just stunk. They better not stink next year because they're coming to Ottawa, and I better get some freaking tickets in that lottery. Um yeah, I don't know. There's just not a lot to be hyped about this year. We tried because it's a fun tournament to watch, but just uh, wasn't in the cards for us. It wasn't, this year. and you know what? For many years, Canada has been successful in this tournament for a long, 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 long time. We haven't won every year. They were back-to-back champions Honestly, coming into this one. We've developed a lot, but there's countries coming up. Finland's been all right. It's Czechia, uh, of course. USA is just a wagon. Sweden. Well, they've got the national development team, right? I mean, these guys get to play together for years and years and years and years, and they get to build up all this chemistry. Canada doesn't even take the best players to the tournament. They don't take extra players to the tournament either. So if somebody gets injured, you got to ship them across the world to go and play tomorrow. You know what's even more wild? And if people would have thought Connor Bedard, Shane Wright were going to play, give your head a shake. And I love how you brought up the point about people attacking the players. This has actually been a very good episode and hopefully being a wake-up call to people to stop being hiding behind their screens because of what I talked about at the beginning. But again, Shane Wright, Connor Bedard, Adam Fantilli. What do they have in common? They could have played for this team. None of them were going to play for the World Juniors. None of them were ever going to play for, for the multiple World reasons. Juniors. They're too good. There's no need. Mm-hmm. Number two. Yeah. And number three, yep. they play for American teams. Why does the American teams want to help Team Canada? That's probably not really the point. I know Portugal got sent from Boston. That, no. I'm, yeah. But again, say, yeah. still maybe Chicago's in there. Like ah, nah. <laughs> you know what? Nah. We're not going to. <laughs> well, they're not going to send the first overall pick who's been playing fine. <laughs> 
You're not going to send some guy that's doing the Michigan in the NHL and be like, hey, you know what? I think we can go a couple weeks. I don't think we need to sell how, tickets. How many over and under Connor Bedard goals? Over, I'll say 15. But you've got more than 15 goals in that tournament. <laughs> that's not That's not ludicrous. That's not a ludicrous number. I mean, <laughs> you got, oh, like, I want to say under just for being, like, realistic. But, like. I mean, yeah, He, if anybody's going to do it, it would have been It would have been a cakewalk for him. But look, Canada wasn't good enough this year, and the refs, blaming the refs against Sweden, enough. I'm a Toronto Maple Leaf fan. I've seen the refs on both sides. I wasn't old enough, but Doug Gilmore got high-sticked by Wayne Gretzky, and we didn't go on to the Stanley Cup Finals. <laughs> Let me tell up. you right now. The Shut Leafs, up. The Shut referees, up. it is Get what it is. It. Exactly. Get over it. Exactly. I could not say that more clear. This team, though, in closing, was not good enough to win, and they proved it by losing. Uh, that 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 game, losing against Sweden, sure, I didn't mean losing, but that game against Germany just didn't have that edge that you see in Canada. That game was a lot closer should have been. I think that's when I realized that, uh-oh, this may not be a third-place team. We'd be lucky to get a medal, and that happened. Now, Par, I want to get into other topics. I know we're, we're a little bit tight on time, but I want to tease – what we're going to talk about next week in segments that we're going to bring in before we get into our next topic. Okay. Um, and that is that next week, Dane, Alex and I are going to talk about changing draft rules. Okay. And I think that's going to be a good segue to the topic that we're going to start incorporating in the segment. We do consider this our top shelf segment, but we do have some other content in this today. So I haven't introduced it as that, but, Next week, Dane, Alex, and I are going to talk about changing draft rules. I had yet another outlandish idea about changing the draft rules when it comes to the players. Yes, be surprised. But I'm sure Alex and Dane will have their own feedback plus their chirps back to me. But in terms of that topic, we are going to start going by a little segment at the end for the remainder of this season. At the end of each show, myself, Alex, and Dane are going to bring up a draft. And we're going to go in order. For example, 1980, we're going to bring up a draft and there's going to be the top 10 players that were listed in that draft. Based on time, we're either going to redraft the first five or we're going to redraft the entire 10 in that draft from 1980s up until present. And we're going to do a full redraft. We've been wanting to do a segment and a game within a segment here on the top shelf portion of the show. Uh, top shelf segment, whatever you want to call it. Just overall with this uh, first edition of the week. And we're going to bring that in. So we hope that you enjoy it. And you can give us your feedback below on that. I know that Dane's going to love that. He loves talking about drafts, as do Alex and I. But it'll be interesting to see where people redraft people. Now... Alex, the topics that we're going to get to before we close off, we've got two more, well, two more hockey ones that are incorporated into one before our surprise segment at the end, which people do know what it is because I did mention it at the beginning, but they don't know what it's about, okay? Just so you know, I almost forgot that I did mention what it was at the beginning, but no one knows what it is about overall. But William Nylander today got a little bit richer. He... Well, the money hasn't hit yet, but yeah, I know he got saying. a little bit richer. Yeah. The guy signed an eight-year, eleven point five mm-hmm. yeah. million dollar contract with the Toronto Maple Leafs. That kicks in next year and is also a full no-move clause. Nowhere. 
No, no move, no nothing. trade, no nothing. He is going to be 36 years old when that contract runs out. And again, mm-hmm. the annual count against the cap is, yes, $11.5 million. He secured the bag. He's a rich guy. He's got money coming in. Now, Par and I are going to give you our reactions in the best way that we can well before 24 hours of this even being announced. And well, it's been the worst kept secret over the weekend because you heard about Elliot Friedman was tweeting about it, talking about it on the panel. It's been talked about for even earlier in that week. Par, let's go. Mm -hmm. Let's fucking go. (laughs) That's right. I'm so sick and tired of listening to everybody say, how are you guys going to do it? How are the Leafs going to do it? I don't know, but they figured it out the last five contracts that people said that they couldn't sign. Yeah, suck on that. Oh, whoa, you guys can't win. You already already tried that. I don't care. You guys say, Leafs don't ever get good players. Nobody wants to go play in Canada. And then you finally get one. And then even the fans are saying that's too much. No. We watched Phil Kessel score 30 goals, and we went, hell yeah, what a hockey player. And now we're mad that we're signing a guy that scores 40 blind? No. No, I will not stand for that. I will never be mad at my team signing good players. Is he going to score 120-point pace next season? Eh, probably not. But guess what? I don't care because he's, he's got a chance to score 40, and he's great. And he shows up in the playoffs, and I don't care. I'm tired of people showing stats like, oh, well, he only scored 25 points in 30 games. Yeah, but he scored them when they matter. God, I'm so sick of of all of it, of all of it. Yeah, that's right. Nylander, eight more years. Let's fucking go. Let's go. I could not be more passionate or be more engaged in that at all, but I'm going to say something that with fans, well, what are you worried about? Maybe he's not going to keep it up. Statistics prove that in a contract year, a player steps it up more. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty – pretty obvious i, I would. would too you know if the guy wants to secure the bank but yeah. you know what it doesn't matter what would have happened i'm gonna tell you this flat out what would have happened if he wouldn't have signed in toronto he would have went to free agency and he would have signed in chicago i'm gonna say it. i think he would have went to chicago chicago has the cap space they would have given him the money he would have been playing with bedard besides the point he would have got paid somebody else mm, he would not have he would have got no, paid. no he would have gotten no, paid he wouldn't no, have went to chicago sure. that's for sure to disagree where he would have went besides the point he would have gotten paid wherever the fuck he went because this is a guy who consistently has been getting points, consistently has been well the last few years. From a longevity perspective, he's very healthy. When he's missed hockey, it was because of COVID. I think he's, the last time he's missed was because he had COVID, okay? So he could play, even if he wanted to. So longevity of the contract, not a problem. But the guy would have gotten paid. Yes, he's getting Pasternak money. Yes, he's he's making more than Leon Dreisaitl right now. But that contract is also very – that was over four years ago. It does not matter. It's the now. It's the now. And Willie Nylander is truly playing like an $11 million guy. He is. Compare him to other players in the league right now. Where is he in points? Look that up. I, I know where he's t- He's only played four games this year, and he didn't get points. And he's gotten points in every game except for. So four. what does that tell you? I am excited. If I'm a Toronto fan, I'm excited. Do I like the number? Sure, it's it's hard to swallow a little bit because you look at, and that's not because of Willie's fault. Let me tell you why. Austin Matthews, thirteen. I'm not going to give the digits in between. Just bear with me. Willie Nylander, eleven five. 
<laughs> Mitch Marner, 10-9. John Tavares, 11. That equates to just around the mid-range of $45 million for four players. Who's next on the list, David? Well, let me tell you. Coming on up, the one only Morgan Riley, who I've always said should be this on the team for the longest time, $7.5 million. Okay, so now that plus. It's, it's nap time for me because I don't care about the numbers, and I'm just happy, and I'm just going to choose to be happy. So I'm just going to – well, everybody wants to debate numbers and how, oh, they can't do it. They can't do it. They can, and they just did. So just a little nap time for they, me over here. They can, yeah. and they just did, and he deserves it. He's been the best Leaf player this year, along with 3-4, has been the best player, and arguably maybe Martin Jones has been the more, one of the more consistent players. Maybe. But, but – I mean – but. I like, Morgan oh, Riley. I, I'd love say Morgan, Morgan Riley. I always have loved Morgan Riley. What a guy. And he's married to Tessa Virtue. I don't know if anyone knows, but he's actually married. They are, are married, married? They a private wedding. I don't know if anyone knew that, but I just broke the news here. Well, Very private. private. So no. But Willie Nylander had comments come out just an hour ago before this. The Game Sports Podcast has you covered. I didn't do this by myself. <laughs> Thanks to my teammates and coaching staff and management. Everybody that has believed in me and especially the city of Toronto. The Leafs fans and everything for all the support. Okay, let me reword, let me re-say that to you. He thanks the Leafs fans for all the support. As I zoom in on that camera, do that by half. Yeah, he has, he has to, to say that. He has. He does to have say to say that. that. But I'm sure he appreciates the love that he gets. But I certainly hope he doesn't see the hate that he gets online. Sure, there's questions about his oh. game. I'm sure he probably knows what it is. But the guy deserves what he's getting. He would have gotten it somewhere else. He's performing at a high level this year. That contract is Brad Tree Living's data all over that because of the years and numbers. We have a player who wants to stay here. Him and Matthews are here long term. Marner will sign again. Tavares will. And I'm actually one of those believers. I think Tavares will take a little bit of a discount his next contract. I said it. I think I think the roles are going to flip where Tavares makes what he makes now. That will be Nylander, and Tavares might go to where Willie was around this contract. We might see that flip, but I don't, we're not talking about Tavares. Tavares. Willie Nylander signed. I love it. If you're a Leaf fan, you should love it too. And if you don't, too bad. You just, just enjoy being happy. Just enjoy that a good player wants to play yeah, here. Just oh, be happy. Oh, damn it. Just be happy. Fuck. <laughs> One of the best teams. Well. Well, very good team that we ice, and uh, hopefully there's a Stanley Cup in the future. But you know what? For all those that say that you can't win a cup with these guys, I think you can. I think you can. There's just there's something you well, have to find, and it's that third, fourth line depth that you have to find. And you don't need three million dollars when you're making three million bucks. You don't need three million dollar guys to equate to nine million dollars on your third line. You can do that with entry level guys. You can do that with guys like. You know, Max Domi, who's making three, but Yarn Crook, who's making two point whatever. Okay, there's $2.1 million. I love Kyle Yarn Crook. He's great. So, like, there's players that you can balance out this team. And I think the cap is going up. I don't think it's going to stop going up. This contract will make sense, especially if Willie can keep the longevity, the health, and everything that he's been doing. Contract is a good contract. Maybe slightly too high, but it doesn't matter because he's making what he's making. Part. Don't care. Doesn't matter. Scotiabank Arena. Before we get to our last topic, and it's going to be a good segue. I can't believe we're talking about this again. Though I can't believe we're talking about this again. This is just everybody knows it. it. I, I wanted to because I still see it as a thing. I watched when I watched the Leafs play at Scotiabank Arena in the playoffs. There's improvement. It's it's improvements. 
Oh, the playoffs is electric. Yeah, playoffs. The season. My God. Just take a snooze. And take a snooze with the fans. And then the business people got their Blackberries, if that's still a thing. I bet you it still is with them. But they got their Blackberries out. They got their playing Brick Breaker on the Black. I'm really being nostalgic and dating myself. Uh, they, wow. They got their Androids wow. and their iPhones out. And they're just checking their work emails in their Tom Ford-esque Armani-ish type suit. And they're sitting there not cheering. They leave in the first period, hack the second period. The fans that are the loudest are the ones that are way up way up in the stands or the ones outside freezing mm-hmm. their ass off watching it at a bar. Scotiabank Arena is way too expensive, and we're not going to get too much in this topic, but every arena is. Everything is too expensive, but the Leafs are just ugh, a little bit too expensive. But mm. I'm not even talking about the expensive mm. at the Scotiabank Arena. I'm talking about the fans. The fans in that arena, please, what do you need, an electric shock in your chair? Like, wake up, man. I, I get so fed up when you look at other arenas, and it's so sad that I think the, the Anaheim Ducks have louder fans than we do during the regular season. They don't even get fans. I was in Columbus before Christmas in a sold-out nationwide arena that had 3,500 Leaf fans. And those 3,500 Leaf fans were louder than any other Columbus Blue Jacket fan, first off. Because those fans were actually able to afford the $110 ticket to sit in the bottom level, okay, and not have to pay $790 to sit in that bottom level at Scotiabank Arena. Damn. Okay, I paid. You paid $110 to sit in the yeah, bottom fifth bowl? row, my wife and I, 220 bucks each. Columbus, Ohio, baby. I will be going to games at Nationwide Arena. I'll be going to the, the, the Little Caesars, even though that's a little expensive now. I will be going to those different arenas to watch the games instead of Scotiabank. And I'm a diehard Leaf fan. I'm bleeding blue. When you cut me, I bleed blue. That's how obsessed I am with Toronto. Okay, outside of being a host. And sit, sitting there, <laughs> sitting here as, an, as a fan. and seeing, oh, I'm not, I, don't, I don't even want to get oh. into too much of the expensive. It is what it is. But the prices do have to go down. But the fans have to wake up in that arena. It is too quiet. It sucks. The energy has to pick up in that arena, especially right now because the times are good, sort of, as a Leaf fan. Yeah, we haven't had that success that we want, but we have a winning team. We're icing a very good competitive team. Let's get loud. Let's break sound barriers in Toronto. Heck, we're Canadian. We're loud and passionate. Man. We're so loud online. Why can't we do that in the arena? I've been to Blue Jays games. Loud. Wow. Been to Blue Jays Canada Day oh, game. Baby. Oh, baby. Oh, oh that crowd flip, had dude. a – Nathan Inch was at that game. That's crazy. He yeah. said the Rogers Center shook. He said the building shook. That's how loud it was. Crazy. But, yeah, like – I've been been to a Packers game, a couple Packers game. It's loud. I've been to a Raptors game. You know, I've I've done it all, and I've even been to the Scotiabank Arena when it was loud. But it wasn't the Leafs. Why would it be? That's not the clientele. The Leafs bring in freaking business wigs. I don't care. It was for SummerSlam, and that place was electric. That place, ever. I think it was Trish Stratus was coming back for her like comeback Ooh. match. And the whole crowd in unison sang Oh Canada at the beginning of the match. And like the commentary was talking about it. And like the people in the ring, they were like acknowledging it and like looking around and stuff. Like it was cool. Like everybody there cheering in the same way. It was electric. And they're going back for money in the bank in July. And I think I'm going to take a little four hour car ride down there to see who wins the briefcase. 
Yeah, a little beep, beep, toot, toot. I see you there, Dave. But Dave, let's go to that topic that we were hiding for so long. Now that I've brought it all back, tell me, tell me now, and I want you to say it with the sincerity that you said it in when you texted it to me. I want feedback from everybody watching on what you're about to say. I think I might have to do it as a clip. There's going to be multiple clips of this segment, of course, that we'd like to do our shorts on social media. And I think this, that's a great segue, Parth. Thank you very much for that nice segue from Bank to bring up the WWE because I'm invested. James Sabalski, friend of the show, that's coming up on Friday, that upload. He was ringside just recently, and I sent him a message about that. And he put a funny meme, oh, he put a fun, a funny meme when he was looking at the announcer and his wife was looking at him. It was funny. You got to check it out. It's, 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 it's very funny. Uh, okay. Very good. But you're right with the loudness. But again, what did I say? Well, let me tell you what I said. I watched I sh- I was actually I saw it on TV but I actually showed my wife the recap about Logan Paul, okay? Uh Logan Paul, obviously my wife saw him on Vine. She was younger, that generation, she's a couple years younger than I am, so everybody knows knows of Pauls. My generation knew of, but like it was no, I was on the outside, just about the outside of that. And my when I was watching, first off, rewatched The Rock coming out, electrify. <laughs> Love The Rock. A diehard Rock fan as an actor and a person overall. That's actually my dream person to ever get on the show. Is my dream is The Rock. Fun fact. Along with along with a few along with a few others, but he's up there. He's top three. But what did I say? Logan Paul gets out of the thing. Uh, out of um, he was ringside for for Kevin Owens um, and um, Santos's match, and Kevin Owens beat mm-hmm. Santos and wife and I were talking and said, well, the acting's pretty good. Owen's doing pretty good. But of course, Logan Paul, he plays the villain. If you've watched his documentary on Netflix, he plays the villain. That's what he wants to play. He's good at it. And that's why he's a billionaire. Yeah. He, he's a billionaire. It, it, his business is worth billion dollars. Okay. Logan Paul is worth a lot of money. He's almost, he's a multimillionaire. Okay. As Parshik said, whatever he is, he's got a lot of numbers attached, a lot of zeros attached to his number in his bank account. Okay, and he gets up and he chirps the Canucks. Love that. I'm. I, I don't mean I. I'm a. I like the Canucks, but I mean it's funny. He calls out the. the it's like the Canucks winning the Stanley Cup. It's not gonna happen. He said. I thought that was funny. But as he was sitting there, and as he was getting up and talking, that energy he already has the U.S. title. And I was thinking to myself, I know exactly. I got my crystal ball. Out. Oh, my crystal ball. I got my cup here. My crystal mm. ball. I said, I know what's gonna happen. When Triple H retires from being CEO, moves on from that, screw the family generation, passing it down, Logan Paul will be the CEO in the WWE in the future. Mark my words. He's going to take that over, and he's going to be running the WWE. Him, and he's going to bring his brother, and heck, he might even bring KSI at that point. I don't know. He's going he's gonna to be running the show in the future for the WWE because the guy's a genius. He gets things. He gets money. He brings success. And he's already got a good state. He's already got a good audience presence. He can attract wrestlers to come back. More new talent. Why not? Why am I crazy, Par? Why am I crazy? Par Logan Paul will be the next CEO of the WWE. Mark my words. Uh, this company started in like, I don't know, the fucking 60s or the 70s or whatever with Vince McMahon Sr., and then he sold it to Vince McMahon Jr., 
And now that Vince McMahon Jr. is out of the picture, it is now with Stephanie and her Stephanie McMahon and her husband Triple H. Um, are you seeing a theme here, Dave? <laughs> yeah. Are you? I have. Screw the, okay. okay. And with that, what? Uh, Logan is also right now actively paying out a lawsuit that came against him from some scam that he did with some crypto BS. Now he has to pay everybody back that bought into it. He's literally doing this right now. The tweet went out yesterday or the day before or something like that. Um, so while he has a good business, um, not all of them hit very well. And I just, I just, they're, no, no. That's just, it's just not going to be Logan Paul. It's literally going to be whatever freaking crotch goblin that spews out a staff or comes out of fucking Shane McMahon's crotch. And that's just going to be it. And that's, there you go. That's, that's the new owner of the company. It ain't going to be Logan Paul. That's for damn sure. Hey, full predictions are made to be made. And uh, if when I'm right part, I'm, how old will I be at that point? Triple A, it'll probably be 30 years from now. So we'll, I'll be like 62 years old. And if the game still, the Game Sports podcast is still going strong, and we're having this segment, I'm pulling up this clip. And as I look at my hair, that's not going to be gray. It will be gray at that point. And as I got a little bit of facial hair, we got the Death Star at the top right here, and all this background. You got your beautiful and, smile, and you only have a Leafs, you only have a Leafs banner that says Canadian Division <laughs> Champion still. <laughs> <laughs> In 20 years, if that's the only thing they win, I will get that. I will get that. That will be the background. If that's the only thing they win with the next, even 10 years, if it leaves to win a cup or another division in 10 years, I will get that bannered right across, right this way, right across the front of the screen, just, just because. And I'll clip this. I don't forget it. But, Alex, WWE, you know the – Yeah. Look. The WWE, I'm try, I, I was a big fan growing up, loved it. I talked about the Attitude Era on the previous episode. And it's. I would love to go to an, to an event. I would like to see it live. That's something I have. You have no idea. Like, I know you're just saying that. Uh-huh. Like, dude, you have no idea. There, there, there's, there's something else, man. There, there's something else. We actually met somebody. It's just like as you, well who, who was a wrestler uh, at my bachelor party. We don't need to talk about my bachelor party. But I remember we met a wrestler. Oh, yeah. Fucking, yeah. I still follow him on Instagram. I like all his stuff. I can't remember who he was. He was working as the bouncer at the at the bar. Yeah, he was a... <laughs> Brickhouse, Brickhouse McGuire, I want to yeah, say his name yeah, was. Yeah, that's, that's funny. Maybe we should get a rush like that on here one day. Bring Brickhouse back. Talk about how we... How, about, about the amateur wrestling. But no, it, it's... It's it is entertaining. Back on point, it's entertaining, and I, I do miss the Attitude Era. I've said that five straight weeks now. I I, I really I do, but seeing the Rock come back, you're starting to bring back some of the people like me uh, back to it who maybe lost a little touch. And I think that's a good good move by Triple H and future CEO Logan Paul is doing a pretty good job as well. <laughs> um, what do you think would be a good way to wrap up this show? I think what you think, Dave. <laughs> now wrap this up because I got to go. Love that. Yes, he does got to go. We went two minutes over pars supposed to leave and we went 10 minutes over expectation because we do that. This has been the game sports. Nice. And now I got the freaking smack you down too. Yeah, you gave me the rock bottom and the people's elbow baby has one and I can't do the eyebrow raise. Kind of did it there, sort of. Uh, but this has been the game. It looks like you winked at uh, me. There you go. I'll give you a nice little wink. There, there's the wink. Anyway, 
the Game Sports Podcast, powered by 91. And this has been an action-packed show. We hope that you enjoyed it. We'll have an episode on Wednesday in the pocket there. I'm sure we'll be talking about one game that's being aired actually right now, the National Championship. Uh, And then, of course, football. The Steelers made it to the playoffs. And oh, and so did the Packers. We're too happy for that. Two teams that had no expectations. Not not me. Not us. Not the Paul Rudd meme. Mm -mm. Insert the Paul Mm -mm. Paul Rudd meme. That's it. Steelers and Packers and Colts take a hike. But get it? Justin Heichel? <laughs> oh, smell oh, oh, that's unfortunate, eh? But we did draw the Bills in the first round, but that's fine. Uh, you also, yeah, yeah we got the Cowboys. Be- <laughs> yeah, good week. Ooh, yeah, it's gonna be a rough week one. Absolutely, sure. but we'll be talking football as well as other topics around the world of sports, of course. But what's happening Friday? It's here. It has finally landed. James Sabalski. The episode that's been recorded since August 17th, 2023, has finally been scheduled for its upload. Thanks to this guy he, on the right. He talks about he talks about in that interview, like, oh, the game's coming out soon. Make sure to get it. Fuck, you could get it on a Black Friday. You could get it on a Black Friday, but a Boxing Day sale now if you want. Yeah, honestly, and there was delays, and obviously... Alex Flood does all of our, our work, has done great, but there was obviously some conflict there with my wedding and honeymoon, blah, blah, blah. Things went on with everything being sent, and, of course, uh, some schedule conflicts in there. Then Alex, Alex Parr right here, the one on the screen with me here, I really stepped in there to help try to help me get it done and try to eat the load off of that end. But it was it'll be out on Friday. That'll be James Sobolski on Friday, okay? And I have to say thank you to both Alex's for all what they always do and all, all their help. But if you, the listeners, who keep supporting and you finally get the episode you've been waiting for. Now, again, we'll be back on Wednesday. Alex, thanks for coming on, my friend, and we'll see you next week. Of course. Awesome. Yeah, sounds like a plan. Make sure you hit like, follow, and subscribe below. This has been the Game Sports Podcast. Dave McKeg. I'm here to remind you to keep your stick on the ice, swing your bats, catch your touchdowns, drain your threes, and shoot your shots. Booyah. <laughs>